Eternal Dirtles is sponsored by Patreons like yourself. You can join us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Thanks. Took the two plus as it hit the board food token. It was there to become a three-three. All the flip doubles and the hooting mandrels are out on the corner. They're attacking, you see. I started thinking, how much were they drinking? When played a sign said, we approve this for play. Something struck me rude when he plus two for food. But what can you do in Grizzle Brands at 3-3? It's a Merit Lake Solution and a rogue institution. And 3 threes and a thieves. And then it goes. Give them the food. The Elks, the Antelopes. Give them the food. You know I'm an Antelope. Give them the Elks, the food. The 3 threes on my battlefield. Uncle was playing and Tom a girl was singing on the six plus as we delved up the yard. Flipping in, coming in, the three threes are bumming and they all come from some food tokens. I said, why even bother as I pick up the walker, Mr. Thief of Crowns, please let these three threes on. We do, Oko is a metagame pearl and play design, said nothing wrong. It's a Maryland solution, now a rogue institution, and three threes and a thieves. And then it goes, give them the food, the yolks, the antelopes, give them the food, you know I'm an antelope, give them the food, the yolks, the three threes on my battlefield, on my battlefield, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah! Took the two plus as it hit the board food token. It was there to become a 3-3. All the flip doubles and the hooting mandrels are out on the corners. They're attacking, you see. Uncle was playing. Tom McGuff was singing on the six plus as we delved the yard. Rude dude, I is a metagame pearl And play design, saw nothing wrong The food, the yucks, the antelopes Give them the food, you know I'm an antelope Give them the food, the yucks, the three threes are my battlefield Give them the food, the yucks, the antelopes Give them the food, you know I'm an antelope Give them the food, the yucks, the three threes are my battlefield Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Golia. Nate, how's it going, man? Pretty good. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Happy Merry New Christmas. Year. Happy New Year. Uh, it's, it's, it has come to the end of the year for us, for, uh, for Eternal Dirtles. So this is our end of the year podcast. Uh, there won't be another one until, until the new year. We're, uh, we've had a, a bit of a hiatus over the last couple of weeks, just getting everything together. Uh, pretty busy time for me at work. Uh, I think the same was, is true for you and Phil. So we, we had a, a couple of off weeks, but uh, we'll be back on it again in the new year. Uh, and this is our final cast of the year. Yep. I um, I mean, <laughs> I haven't had a ton going on at work, to be honest, but I've had other things going on. My mom is coming in with my, with uh, her new boyfriend, if that's enough to make that's it That's a weird. lot. That's yeah. a lot, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, um, life, life and work. Uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on here. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, uh, that happens. You can't always be on top of, uh, Magic the Gathering. I think most of our listeners, uh, 
you know, Legacy is an older, older uh, set, a more mature set of uh, people. I, I, I like to think that most of you guys get that. I hope our Patri- uh, our Patreons get that. Um, yeah. You know, we're out here, we're out here producing content, but occasionally we do have to take breaks and, and deal with life stuff. I honestly have no idea how long it's been since our last. I don't think it was that long ago. It was, was it? two two Mondays ago. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so what happened this year? Yeah, let's talk about the year in review. Um, I guess we should start by talking about our our best episodes. Let's talk about our top three episodes. Okay. Uh, let's go. Let's go three, two, and one. Okay. Uh, our third best episode was episode one thirty three, the Modern Horizons breakdown. Okay. Um, and that's where we just talked about Modern Horizons and, and the impact we thought it was going to have on the format, our favorite cards. Uh, you know, we we had some hits, we had some misses. Yeah, I wonder. Let's see if we can find that list. Of stuff we looked at. I bet we can find that somewhere. There we go. Details. Let's see. Well, we had Red and Six. That was the first thing we talked about. That that worked out. Echo of Eons. I think we said that was probably going to be broken. Maybe. Um, honestly, I think we, we hit most of the cards that got played. You know, the ones uh, I think I we really think we missed were... we talked too much about Hex Drinker. We didn't talk much about Hex Drinker, and we didn't talk that much. I remember you very specifically... Uh, poo-pooing uh, Arkham's Astrolabe. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's very true. I like that card yeah. a lot now. No one else does. No, it's a... <laughs> what do you know? I'm <laughs> I'm 100% wrong on whether or not a card is good and 100% wrong on whether or not people like that card. <laughs> Looking at the stuff we reviewed, the first thing that I would say was sort of a miss was the the swords and that we put it that far up. Um, like neither of the swords have seen really any legacy play. Yeah. And that, the, the, yeah. Watch even Watcher for Tomorrow has seen some legacy play. So and that was right before that. Then uh, Yogmoth a little bit. Hall of Heliad's Generosity zero. And then everything else after that though. Plague Engineer, Goblin Engineer, the two engineers, Ice Fang Coatl, Scale Up, Shenanigans. Then Ranger Captain of Eos, which you know didn't get played in Legacy. Shatter Assumptions. Now that's the first one I could definitely say I don't actually know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. But everything else was, you know, Yawgmoth really didn't see any uh, any play, right? A little bit right after it came out. Yeah. Um, and then everything else towards the end was the real speculative stuff. With um, I think there's not really anything that you would say is a miss. You know, most of that stuff at the end we said maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but I mean, modern... <laughs> you, you, you know, you can't get through a, a set review that has a mox in it without Phil Phil talking about mox. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay, so what's our second? What's our so our second episode? one was uh, I believe episode. Uh, here we go. Episode uh, one thirty seven. Renin six piles, and that's where we so, just talked about all the different Renin six decks that could exist. And at that point in time, everyone's pretty okay with Renin six living. I think, so episode 136 or before that is Core Set M20, so M20 hadn't come out yet. Yep. And, um, you know, or hadn't been out for that long, I should say. But, yeah, I think that was, looking at July 7th, I think uh, that might have been the beginning of the summer of Six and Ren, mm. right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, now we're talking about what we talked about then at this point. So what's the next – what's the, one, the number one so, episode of the number year? Number one for us uh, last year was the 
as episode 128, Epic Size War of the Set review. And that was a 200 and, sorry, two hour and 28 minute uh, podcast. It's probably, I think, our longest podcast thus far. Maybe last week's podcast was longer? No, I, I don't think we were on for that long. <laughs> Maybe, but, I don't think so. But uh, it, it, th- this particular episode even had seven downloads. People downloaded this episode so that they could have it forever. Or so they could listen to it on a plane. Yeah. Boy, you know, and, and look at the stuff we reviewed in order, okay? Our first, so the first few, Jace, Wielder of Mysteries, Fibble Fit, The Lost, Kazmina, Enigmatic Mentor, Ilharg, The Razebor. <laughs> I really missed on those. Yeah. Dreadhorde Invasion, Massacre Girl, Darviel, Davriel, and then Dreadhorde Arcanist. They finally have a hit. <laughs> um, and then not for a while before you hit Tomic, Liliana's Triumph, um. Oh, you know why? Because we actually talked about Narset and Teferi the week before. That's true. We did. Yeah. Yes. New set. Yeah. Okay. That explains that. <laughs> so that's why. But anyway, you know, War of the Spark. Let's start there. Yeah. Actually, let's start. Let's start in January. Ravnica Allegiance. Yeah. All the way. That back. came out. We reviewed it. And, and at that point, it's hard to imagine, well, first of all, episode 111, which is from last year, about a, less than a year ago, December 23rd, and today's December 21st, so just about a year ago, mm-hmm. we talked about Lavinia, which had just been spoiled, right? Yep. And we talked about how this card was really sort of clumsily designed. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, it just, it just, like... Nothing about it was intuitive. I remember. I remember it wasn't that. intuitive. It was sort of like ham-fisted, and it's hard. It's hard to go back th- that year and think, "Huh, we probably should have seen the rest of this year coming." Yeah. <laughs> Even though the rest of Ravnica Allegiance is a is a fairly standard set, like a normal set, I should say, right? Yeah. It's definitely a standard set, and and that it very few of the cards went far past standard. Let's look at Rav, I'm looking at the Ravnica Allegiance checklist, and let's see if there's a, if we had a single card that you could think of from this set that has made a this card this set came out in 2019. Sphinx's uh, foresight right? for that one. Scry three that be your first yep. upkeep. Yep, didn't really go anywhere. Um, I you know I remember did some stuff with Judith to see if that would work. Light up the stage. Remember that one. Yeah, yep. light up the stage. That was that's probably the card, right? The only card from the set that really did anything in in Legacy, and then it has come and gone. Cindervines is also in uh, is also in um, Ravnica Allegiance. Yep, and that still is played. Um, I I during this era, uh, I was able to day two a limited event. <laughs> <laughs> That that was about that's about as good as I've ever done in a Magic tournament. Lavinia isn't played um, in in Legacy that much, but it is played quite a bit in Vintage. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely so, a great a, a great. It's still, so it's it's stuck around in Vintage, vintage quite a bit, text. which is nice. Yeah, um, but boy, like <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just looking. I keep thinking it's different cards because all these cards have like sort of similar names to cards that are actually played. But yep. yeah, so. There was a time twister in that set. Can you believe it? Yeah. Each player shuffles their hand in graveyard to the library, draws seven cards, exile emergency powers. How, oh how my far gosh, is that? Yeah, emergency yeah, powers. Yeah. Um, so 
Ravnica Allegiance comes and goes, right? Mm-hmm. Released on the 25th of January, 2019. And then it, it sticks around for a bit. It's the winter, right? In April, we have the um, Niagara Falls Grand Prix. So I guess that also means that maybe this year we had the open letter. Was that this year? Yep, the, the call to action. That is episode 114. So that's this year where we, where we were concerned about the scheduling of the Legacy Grand Prix yep. on Easter in Niagara Falls and got together with a bunch of our friends to, you know, make the point that, you know, maybe that wasn't the best idea and really we don't want that to be how they look at Legacy. And again, just thinking about organized play in general being turned on its head so much since then, right? Yeah. So we have the open letter, and then we had the actual Grand Prix itself, which was run by uh, Daniel uh, Gochel, I believe, playing the uh, blue-white Stoneforge deck. Mm-hmm. And then all hell breaks loose, <laughs> right? I, you want to say that? You want to uh, go that far? All hell breaks loose for, for as to as to what? What happened in, in Legacy, right? No, what happened? I, I'm I'm confused. War of the Spark now. came out. Oh, War of the Spark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There we go. I was like, what? What happened? Because that's Stoneforge so, Rises episode one twenty one twenty four. You're talking about, and then we go forward in time, and yeah, we get we get our, uh, our epic series War of the Spark review. Yeah. Well, not just that, but that we started seeing the stuff immediately. Mm-hmm. We start seeing the um, the cards that come in. And we did a couple new set things, right, before we even got it on, you know, before we even got on to the set review. Sunday, April 21st is, is Easter, so that's the day of the of the set. Or, I'm sorry, the day of the Grand Prix. And then War of the Spark is released on May 3rd. And so so that's that's the date, right? May, May 3rd. It's legal. It's legal everywhere, right? And what do you think? What was the, what was the real first story out of that? Do you think? I think the blue red delver, right? Well, the, oh no, the blue red delver would have been like uh, arcanist. No, I'm, I'm, I, well, maybe you could say that. That's fair. I was gonna say uh, I was gonna say Karn. Yeah, Karn as well. Yeah. I remember I remember Karning Karn latticing someone for the first time and thinking. This is the worst I felt winning a game in a long time. I feel like I didn't do anything, you know. Yeah. Like I put a lion's eye diamond into play, sacrificed it, wished for Legacy of Lattice, and then played it, and that was the end of the game. But Karn, the Karn decks, you know, they they had their moment, right? But then the the blue deck sort of adapted, and then we had this Teferi Narset wrestling for a while, right? Yep. And in Vintage, especially, the Karn Narset. Yeah, it was a a literal battle for a while. Yep. Um, So so that's May. War of the Spark is released, and you have this immediate Karn combo that starts doing stuff, right? And then, you know... What, how, many, how many weeks later? June 14th. I forgot about that. It's my birthday. June 14th. Modern Horizons release. So six weeks after that, 
So you've got these these super heat these super heated sort of planeswalkers dropped into the format, and then six weeks later, Modern Horizons. And what can you say? I mean, Renin Six was a revelation. Yeah, Don't you I think? mean that that was. I mean, I certainly was like, okay, coming off of Deathrite Shaman being banned, I was still feeling only okay about Rug Delver. And then this card gets spoiled, and I'm like, I think we can start playing Rug Delver again for real. Um, and, and you know, for a while there, Rug Delver was the deck to play after Deathrite Shaman got, got banned. Everybody kind of switched back over to it, but it, it, it waned a bit. Like, it, it faltered off because people were like, well, I wanted to do this, and that was, like, okay, but not the, still not, like, overwhelmingly powerful. When Ren and Six came out, people were like, it's time. It's time. And that's the, the Ren and Six, Ren and Six going into Rug Delver, I think, was the moment for me that really just told me that we are perpetually in this world of the Delver shell is always one card away from being broken. Yeah. And especially once the Nimble Mongoose and Stifle were removed from uh, Rug in favor of playing Renin Six and some of these other mid rangey cards, you know, I like think, I think that's one of those, it's, <laughs> it's one of those crossing the Rubicon moments, right? Yeah. I think I, I forget who it was, but there's there's been a, there's been a player who I've who I've talked to that said that like there was a there was a moment in Legacy when. Miracles realized you could play four ponder and miracles and it would be just fine. Like even if you cut your action, you would just be that much better off. Yeah. And I think that the Renin Six Renin Six slaying the sacred cows of Nimble Mongoose and Stifle did that. Yeah. Like, I mean it, it quickly became apparent that Deathrite Shaman didn't matter that much to us in a world where Renin Six even existed if they were around at the same time, because we didn't have to worry about having our, uh, our offense cut off by uh, graveyard removal anymore. Yeah. Um, well, it's not just that. It's just that like the deck, you, you realize what's come out to sort of fill the deck and the deck construction is, is, is sort of fundamentally rethought. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I'm saying this as, as sort of a downside. I, I think that the Canadian threshold deck had, a really interesting personality and there were times and there were definitely games where you played against it and it, excuse me, felt unbeatable. And there were other times when it felt beatable, right? Yeah. Um, and playing it was sort of the same thing. You had this, this real tension. And I just, um, I think that, um, unfortunately I think that some of that romance has gone out of it a little bit now and uh, even though Renin six has since been banned uh i just don't think you're ever going back because why would you you've just learned we've learned the value of jamming yeah this is true i think that um I, yeah it, it's hard for me to, to like as much as i love nimble mongoose i just don't think it's necessary in comparison to all the other great threats that have been put out this year uh that don't need the work you know yeah, or you really are just learning like how un- like it's 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 cool that it, you can't be targeted, but you know, hex drinker can't be targeted after a minute too, though you know. Well, and then like even then, like dreadhorde arcanist can be targeted, but the value like one untap with it puts you so far ahead. Yep. That 
you know, if that's what you're doing, you're, you're just in great shape. And then, of course, we have – we'll get to some other cards that have come out this year. But but I want to stay – staying in Modern Horizons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think after Ren and Six turned out to be the most – the second most impactful card? The second most impactful card from Modern Horizons? Yeah. Huh. Um, and I'm not – this is not – I'm not quantifying this. I'm asking for your opinion. There's no – I have no – I am. this is all opinion. Man, uh, that's so tough. It's just been so long since the set came out now, and I'm like, uh, I mean, Astrolabe, right? Astrolabe, that's a good answer. Yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna say Plague Engineer, but Astrolabe is probably it now, right? You know, and or you Prismatic sort of Vista, also, I would say it'd be it'd be among those three cards. Well, you've got, well, I guess what we've got there is is this look at Red and Six plus Astrolabe plus Prismatic Vista as three high-level mana fixers. Yeah. And just, you know, just, again, like, it's just the pile approach to deck building has um, has really taken over since Modern Horizons came out. Um, other, other, there are other interesting cards, or other important cards in Modern Horizons, like Hogak is in Modern Horizons, yep, right? Yep. Um, and um, Collector Oof, which I think is the hero of the year. Yeah, I'm a big fan. That that's that's the card that made that made me this year actually. I really like Collector Roo for so many reasons. It's it's just like it's it's so simple and yet you know, it's got it's got so much impact, right? I mean, we love we love X on a stick and no rod on a stick is is <laughs> pretty good, right? Yeah. Force of negation. Um, and all the force is really for and for, for vintage force of vigor, right? Yeah. Uh, big cards. Um, and Echo of Eons has come on a little bit at the end of the year here. And uh, I mean, it's it's it's. It, I guess my thing about Modern Horizons is like, other than Ren and Six, I, I really can't see any card in here that couldn't have been printed in a. I'm sorry. Uh, other than the free spells, I don't think there's any card in here that couldn't have been printed in standard, which is funny. Yeah, right. especially like looking at how standard's been dealt with the last year, right? Like, right. If if Red and Six was in standard, I don't think anyone would have batted batted too much of an eye. I think free spells in standard are a lot to, are a lot for yes. standard. Yeah. So like all the forces would have been a problem, and Hogak for sure, right? Yeah. Um, just being free, but it's kind of hard to kind of hard to look around this thing and say this, this could have been in standard. Um, let's, let's let's real quick talk about, uh, the concept of modern horizons in an era where no one's really playing modern anymore. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, like they put out a brand new format that basically just night and day switched modern out of what people are actually playing. It's, it's very interesting how that worked out, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, here is modern horizons. We're printing stuff into modern I think that the different I think what Modern Horizons really did to this year for the for especially you know for Modern and Legacy and Vintage to an extent though I don't think Modern Horizon other than Ford of Force of uh, Vigor you know is there is there like a signature vintage card in Modern Horizons I mean Ulf Oh Collector Roof yeah that's true um but um but yeah for anyway for for, for Legacy and Modern especially you had just gotten the biggest set impacting those formats in years with War of the Spark anyway. True. 
I mean, the only set I mean, Orth of the Gate Watch would have been the last one, and that was a that was sort of a fluke, you know, with with the Eldrazi, right? Yeah, that was an unintentional thing, I think. Whereas this was intentional. It was intentional to to, to shake up these formats, but War of the Spark had done enough already, right? Yeah. With with all the with all the with all the stuff it brought in, and then you brought all these other cards, right? Um, Hogak got modern, just obliterated. Hogak was itself banned. Bridge from Below was banned, and Faithless Looting was banned from Modern. <laughs> you know, it was about time for Faithless Looting, in my personal opinion. That might be a hot take, but uh, I thought I thought it had been time for a while, actually. Well, Modern is un unbalanceable. I think it's just not. It's just not. Certainly now it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Faithless Looting, whatever. Like, who cares? <laughs> like. Um, I love Faithless Looting. It's one of my favorite cards. But and now that it's been bad for Modern, I, I don't even think twice about playing Modern ever. I don't ever want to. Um, but you you had you already had the most impactful set, and then this got shoved in you, and this this was just this was just a bomb. I keep I'm scrolling up and down the the the, the full spoiler here, just looking at things like Urza, right? Yep. <laughs> Um, giver of runes, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, even these little things, right. That, that, that really, uh, bizarre trade mage just sitting there waiting to be broken. Yeah. Bizarre trade mage, man. Remember that? Remember that? I was like, man, this is a surrender with upside basically. Yeah, and I, I mean it's it's still sitting out there for I me. Mean, I think Echo of Eons had been written off, and now it's it's a key card in the Epic Storm. I feel like with with Trade Mage, it's just like waiting for someone to exploit the uh, the whole like uh, uh, mono blue, you know, mono blue Drake's deck. Yeah, right. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that'll ever happen. Unfortunately, at this point. It just you don't even need to do it because you can just do whatever you want with yeah, Delver. Yeah, you can play Chalice and anything, and it's fine, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I just, I just, it was, it was probably too much at once, and you ended up with with like even cards that we didn't look at. A Magmatic Sinkhole became a staple sort of overnight because all of a sudden, like, a Magmatic Sinkhole was there to beat the stuff in in uh, War of the Spark. Crashing Footfalls had a moment. Hex yeah. Drinker. Like, little things like Hex Drinker, right? Yeah. I and mean, then I, I finally then... got my playset of Hex Drinkers because I was like, well, if I'm not going to play with Red and Six, like, maybe I'll just jam some more Threats and see what happens. Maybe I'll jam some Okos, you know? Ice Fang Coatl. Yeah, Ice Fang Coatl starting, starting to see its, its, its heyday, I think. And, and I mean, the set's been out for six months. Yep. Soul Herder has been played. That is an irritating card to play against. Then this is all before M20, which introduced a lot of cards. Well, no, what I'm saying is that we didn't get to some of these cards till recently. Yeah. You know, you know or, you or stuff like, uh, what, Elvish Reclaimer that, like, right. slept for a minute and then immediately, as soon as people thought, like, oh, I can do a thing with this. Like, that's that's a staple of the format now. June 14th, Modern, uh, Modern Horizons. July 12th, less than a month later, Corset 2020. You know what? We I, I listened to this reset review again over because I was wondering what we thought about Veil of Summer. And I think with 
the course at 2020, you had Elvish Reclaimer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there was another card in here that was rather hyped up other than Bale of Summer. Let me see if I can find it. I might be thinking of something wrong. Um, oh, Mystic Forge. Mystic Forge was, yeah, was a big I, I wasn't incorrect about Mystic Forge, and I hated it immediately. <laughs> Mystic Forge... Um, just, you know, destroyed vintage for that time period. Very short leash on Mystic Forge, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and we talked about Veil of Summer. And, you know, we had basically said, like, you know, we could see this being good, right? And now it's probably one of the most polarizing cards in the format. Yeah, and in both formats, honestly... People are playing it as like three of in every and like every vintage deck that can support it, you know. Right. Um, Here are some cards that are in M twenty: Scheming Symmetry, which is a which is a vampiric tutor. Oh yeah. Like that's still sitting out there waiting for you to figure it out. Um, Um, What about the Claw? Which Claw Talisman? That's in uh, that's in Throne of Eldraine. Okay. There's Um, another one though. Yeah, there's another one. Uh, well, yeah, we're not even, we're not even to Throne of Eldraine yet. The, there's the Double Demonic Tutor. I feel like there's a couple other things that we talked about that we, like, thought had a lot of, of, um, of, uh, potential. Yeah. If they, you know, if they could find a place where you just haven't had time, there's been so much, you have to, you don't have any time to even think about, about what you're doing, you know, because this is, so you're starting May 3rd to July 12th is two months and two weeks, right? About about 10 weeks. And you've gotten probably the most legacy playables you did, more than you did for the entire year 2018 probably, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess there's not really anything else left to talk about. I mean, like Manifold Key exists now, which kind of sucks just because, you know, you like your old... Uh, yeah, I have... I have... Voltaic keys. It really bothers me that I have to buy these cards because <laughs> it's strictly better. Yeah. Um, Field of the Dead is sitting out there, and I mean that card's been played in Legacy. Yeah. That's a that's a devastating card in, in any of the in any of the other formats. So, an Elvish Reclaimer. When we talked about it, we said it's got to be good. You might have said this. It's got to be good because it's crop rotation, and crop rotation's good. Yeah. And I was um, skeptical because of the coming into play tapped part of it. But one thing I did say, and thank God I said this on, on the recording, was that it's probably still good if you have like a vampire hex mage in play. Yeah. It and that turns, turns out, out to be right. It does not matter how tapped or untapped your uh, Dark Depths is, it still brings it to 2020. Yeah. Um, I thought the three four, the one man to three four, was going to be a lot. So yeah, I mean, people um, are playing this in, in rug, you know. Leaves I mean, it is what it is. Rug. It's a one man to three four, right? So so it's now mid July. We we get to this. We get to the summer and August, and then in September is GP Atlanta Magic Fest Atlanta September. Yep. 20th to the 22nd in Atlanta. And that's the Ren and Six. That's the Ren and Six. <laughs> the Ren Apocalypse. Yeah. 
One by Cyrus playing Storm because the Storm deck, the way that the Ren deck developed or the Ren rug decks developed, they Storm had such an easy path to beating them that I, I know it sounds like weird to say, like it's sort of like if you played the matchup, you would you know, right? Yeah. Eventually, the, the rug decks went back to some of the stuff like Stifle to comp because this matchup was so bad, and uh, and by Eternal Weekend it, it had turned a little bit. But yeah, I mean you're just able if you the the matchup the, the choke points on it were were such that um, it was a really good good tournament for Storm and Ren and Six rug just just covered up the rest of it. So. Um. This might have been the Vale of Summer Grand Prix more than anything. I think we knew Ren and Six. <laughs> like, Ren and Six didn't really need a coming out party. Yeah, yeah, but, it, it uh, was out for sure. It was out for sure. So let's see. So now it's, it's the fall. And the following week, or a couple weeks after the Grand Prix, October 4th, Throne of Eldraine is released. And with it, Oko, the Thief of Crowns. Yeah, I mean, Oko, it's it's there. You know, he's been a, a staple of the format since since I incorrectly decided that that card did, was dumb. <laughs> it looks silly. Yeah. A food token sounds ridiculous. Um, Phil, who was unfortunately not here, saw it. Yeah, Phil saw it. And there were people who were there were people who were definitely saying like, well, like this is just gonna this is just gonna destroy any creature deck by gaining three life a turn on a six loyalty planeswalker, right? Yeah. Or and it's going up every turn, and you just can't stop it. And I think we should have had a, maybe a little bit more respect for just how many decks that impacts. I I I, did, I was just like, well, yeah, but on the other hand, like show and tell reanimator like any combo deck right and even something like death and taxes is going to stop this thing from doing anything because it's going to revoke it or it's going to tax it you know but uh i think it's i think it's i think it's sort of borne out that that this oko thief of who would have said oko thief of crowns brings miracles back right yeah nobody <laughs> I don't think I don't think anybody saw that. Um, and it's done it. That's what it's done. Just become this army in a can that stabilizes for control and stops anything from from working. I, I think we all looked at, at I think we looked at War of the Spark as a whole and thought it was going to be a weaker set. And I think it turned out uh, no no. Uh, Throne of Eldraine. I'm sorry, a Throne of Eldraine, yep. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a weaker set, but I don't think that... I think it's turned out that it is not. That is not the case. Nate, we almost skipped the set review. We are like, I don't think... I think this is trash. I don't think there's <laughs> anything in here we want to talk about. And Phil was like, no, we need to do a set review. Phil, Phil... God, too bad Phil's not here. Phil, I do remember that now. Phil was like, no, this is the best set that's come out this year. I'm like, we're, we're both like Modern Horizons came like, out oh, this year. Like, oh, it's Phil doing Phil things again. Well, Emery, he was right about Emery. Yep. He was right about Oko, Brazen Borrower, right? These that's a that the cards are powerful without being as sort of 
twisted. Yeah. Like I think that I don't think Emery is is bad news in the same way that Renan Six or Plague Engineer or Teferi is sometimes bad news, right? Yeah. You have to untap the only thing it really does is mill you and then you have to untap with it. And maybe it does something, right? But I played against Emery a few times. It's definitely not a card you want them to resolve. But it's not a card you want them to untap with. It's yeah, you you can kind of like you could either look at their grave. You you get a chance to look at what it's going to do, right? Uh, because you can look in their graveyard for a turn, especially if it's on turn one. Um, so I don't think it's 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 egregious, but it was just again another thing. And then um, uh, you you mentioned Wish Claw Talisman again, just a card that it's almost like we talked about. Maybe that's the problem with scheming symmetry, right? There was that sort of double vampiric tutor in M twenty that we didn't even have a chance to get to before they gave you. A demonic tutor on a stick. Yeah. Right. And like vampiric tutor, not for nothing. Uh, it, it's it's banned in Legacy, no. Vampiric tutor is banned. Yeah, all the yeah. top deck tutors like, are banned. Like oh, symmetry that's not true. is good enough to see play. If if you wanted to, like if you wanted to win that turn. If you could, if you needed, yeah. If you if you could figure out a, like it could be broken. It's still it's it's still not even six months old. Yeah. <laughs> so it could be broken. Tomorrow, for all we know, right? Yep. Um, let's see. What else is in Throat of Eldraine of interest that has been... I can't believe we almost... You're so right. We almost skipped the set review. Well, I forgot about Roy, that. There's Royal Scions, which are also good. Which has been played, yep. Yep. Gilded Goose. Has, well, the I think Goose? Yeah. The, the other Beast, Goose that is Once loose. Upon a Time. All these cards have been played at Legacy. Yeah. Um... And I'm just going into the gold cars, but I don't see anything there. But that, like that's a lot of that's a lot of playables. Fable passage, yeah. you know. Fable passage, definitely. Uh, um, and, and I think the, the, again, let's like steel, I, uh, oh, the, the, what is it? Steelbane Hydra or yeah, Steelbane Hydra. I don't know what that is. Hold on. Oh no, sorry, uh, the, not the Steelbane Hydra. Stone Coil Serpent. Stone Coil Serpent, yes, yeah. Uh, a card that's being played in Legacy and Vintage. Um, probably a thing where we probably looked at it and we're like, okay, yeah, this, someone will play this in workshops. And it turned out to be really good. You can't I deck it. I got crushed with that card uh, <laughs> in, in one of the best events I've done, uh, I've played in this year. Yeah. Um, so, Throne of Eldraine would have been an extremely powerful set for Legacy in any other year. But it might even be worth it to say it's even it's even more powerful. I'm trying to think like the only the only the set I always think of since I've been playing Legacy sort of seriously is Khans of Tarkir. Like because I started playing Legacy right before Innistrad came out. Like seriously, you know what I mean? Like I started yeah, yeah. playing it really seriously at that I started point. About right after Khans. <laughs> yeah, and so like Innistrad like. Had Innistrad was probably people who were around for that would probably say that's the set, right? Khans of Tarkir, it's almost like you forget that Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time and Monastery Swift Spear were all in that set, you know? Yeah. I mean, because they banned them so fast. But I remember, I remember at the time thinking, like, this isn't going to be good. This is going to be disastrous. And I just remember being like, well, I play some cards, and then immediately realized that 
everybody running Treasure Cruise was running a better version of the same deck I was running, and I couldn't because I was on Rug. Yeah. So I wonder, like, Throne of Eldraine, though, I think on the whole is more powerful than Khans of Tarkir. Yeah, especially since the cards that are good are still legal. <laughs> yeah, top to bottom. <laughs> you know? You know. Um, like, I always say Oath of the Gatewatch is, is sort of like a special case because the Eldrazi were just so on rails. Like, yeah. you know, that was almost like fed to you. It was like, this is one deck. We're printing all the cards for this one deck. Here you go. Yeah. You know? Imagine if energy was good in Legacy. Like, that's what that would have been to set. So, so we've cu- kind of covered the year in Magic for Legacy, right? Let's talk about, uh, you know, how, how the year went for us in, in Legacy. Well, it's hard to remember back to the beginning of the year now, right? So the beginning of the year, I remember I played in a couple of Grand Prix side events. I didn't do great. I was on Infect at the time because that's who I was at, the, at that point in time. Um, I, I felt like tighter play could have been a, an issue with that, but also people were still, uh, the deck to play at that time was just Grixis Delver, which has lightning bolts and fatal pushes. Yep. So, the, you know, you, the answers lined up very well against what I was trying to pull off. Um, and, uh, and that's, you know, from the beginning of the year. We move into the middle of the year for for me in, in particular. You know, I I jumped on Ren Six. Uh, I was messing around with uh, uh, miracles a little bit, um, but uh, I even tried a couple of Ren Six piles. You know, because I, I I didn't want to just be rug, uh, and then uh, you know then then it got banned. That's pretty much what my year was: just playing around, looking for something that worked uh, in Legacy. Um, and kind of not finding uh, a, a true voice until after uh, the thing that I would like to do the most got taken away from me. Uh, and then I took that thing and I did really well with it in Vintage. Yeah. Um, well, I always just goof off on Magic Online. That's sort of my thing that I do. And then, I, and then like a real event comes around. I think we both did better this year in Vintage than Legacy. Yeah, yeah. I think I had a positive record in Vintage. I top four one of our local tournaments here, like with uh, Vintage Dark Depths of all decks, right? Um, I, I I remember like, oh, I remember at the beginning of the year I tried to play Burn because I thought Light of the Stage was gonna oh, be oh yeah was gonna be great. And I was like, I'll just play Burn and see what it's like. And uh, it turned out that every game I resolved over Light of the Stage, I won and I lost every other game. <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, but then by the time the Grand Prix at Niagara Falls rolled around, I didn't really feel like playing anything. And I just played the Phoenix deck in a side event and went three and two or something in a PTQ. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I played Bomberman for a while. Uh, once Karn came out, but I sold all of my Mox Opals to get my, Lotus in the summer, so I don't have that available to me anymore. And I mean, then I you can played... play Bomberman and Vintage now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think you still need Vox Opals. Um, and then I played uh, Hogak at the Grand Prix, 
just because I found the Ren and Six arms race to be so... <sighs> What's the word I'm looking for here, Zach? Oh, it's just a slog, right? Like it's just, It was just, like, infuriating is yeah. not really the... Aggravating, irritating to play to try and play that game over and over and over again. Also, it should be noted at about this time of the year for both of us, we started going deep on uh, collector's edition cards. Was that last year? That was last year. Well, maybe you did earlier. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't until whatever time I got my Lotus. So, <laughs> like around say. Gen Con, so around August. Yeah. Oh, around the time of the year we're talking about. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, for sure. I was definitely like more interested in that at that point. I think we skipped a set, by the way. We skipped the commander set. Anyway, um, in, in going back to the year. Uh, then I played Storm at Eternal Weekend and did okay, and that brings us to today. Yeah. You know what I did? You know how much magic? Here's the magic I played last week. I played six leagues of Boros Feather Whoa. and Pioneer. And pi- wow. <laughs> That's one of the first decks I played against. Oh, it's so much fun. I think I found that that kind of deck is really what I like doing. Like like combat tricky, like win out of nowhere type deck. You like playing limited and your control. No, I don't formats. think that's the case. I like playing Infect. <laughs> Infect is oh, not yeah, a yeah. deck. Yeah, and Infect. Infect very much feels to me like I'm playing uh, like the best limited deck against a, a not so good limited deck when I'm doing well. Uh, and when uh, I, I'm doing uh poorly it feels like i'm playing a limited deck against a constructed deck <laughs> i don't know if I, if I agree with that i think limit i think in fact and decks like this are very deliberate in their construction yeah you know it's like you, you, every little number and every little tweak and every little plan counts but it's so much it's more satisfying when you pull it off i guess right oh yeah it feels amazing when you get like you know we were talking before about like constructing the the car and lattice combo where it doesn't feel good Nothing feels better than, like, playing an elf and turn to invigorate, berserking it, and having it get through. Because you're risking a lot <laughs> doing that. You're like, let's see if this does it. You know, like... You're, you're, you're putting yourself on the line, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've, and I've played a bunch... I've, I've attempted a bunch of brews like that this year uh, with, with cards like Death Shadow, uh, playing Berserk with uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist, just trying to pile stuff and recast it onto this, you know, big trampler. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, with Boros Feather, which is a different format, but even in old school, by playing Giant Growth and Berserk. Um, and even, I, I found myself thinking about, like, Channel Hell from Beyond Ooh. yesterday, and I was going through my old school cards. Get them. Yeah. Dude, take that. It's the original Hatred, everybody. Um, green, green, black. Yeah. Um, Literally, yeah, I guess it's it's not untrue. Um, um, let's what we you know uh, before we go too far, I wanted to uh, switch it up real fast and thank all the people that have been on the cast this year. Oh yeah, we had a great year for guests. Yeah, for yeah sure. really great year. So uh, early on, we had Roland Chang. Thanks, Roland. Uh, the, then a couple weeks later, Callum Smith. Yep. Um, then, uh, Eric Virgo, uh, right before he took his break, uh, onto the cast. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Michael Clifford is next. Yep, Michael Clifford. Yep. And we had, uh, uh, Leaving a Legacy's Jerry Me on a couple weeks later. Yep. That was a pretty fun cast. Uh, Matt Hackbert, uh, and, and Strifo. Yep. Uh, ba- like we, we went, wow, that's a three weeks in a row we had a guest, uh, in, in that month. 
Uh, you talked to my buddy Gordon. Yeah, yeah, that was so much fun. That was uh, that was for NYSE. Uh, yeah, I just met a random person at the tournament who happened to know all the other vintage guys, and he was like, "Oh, you're Zach from, uh, you're Zach from Eternal Dirtles. I'm buds with Nate from from Utah." And I was like, "Oh, cool." And he ended up being on my team for the uh, for the tournament, and you know we hit it off. It was a great time. Uh, Cyrus came on after winning. Yeah, I mean, you can't uh, beat that. Can't beat that. <laughs> uh, then we had two two of the vintage champs, top four competitors, uh, Brian Hockey from our local you know group here in Texas, and Joe Brennan from your local area. Yep. Uh, and then you talked to Will McGran. Yep. Yep. A lot so, of champions yeah. this year. Yeah, we, I think um, we had like three or four champions actually this year. It was a good. It was it was a good year for people in Magic. Like, the, like Cyrus, I thought was a great story. Yeah, right. Just you know, after like his amazing year to, to really cash that one in, um, Jerry, like, you know, Jerry takes a beating on his own podcast about you know playing sneak and show, but you know he made it to the top eight of a Grand Prix. Uh, Strifos had such a great run with his deck. Um, and, uh, you know, Mike Clifford was the first legacy MCQ, I think. Yeah. So, um, and then you get, uh, you know, Will, Will McGran winning the old school event and, and Joe, Joe Brennan winning it, be, being the vintage champion, crowned vintage champion, you yep. know, the, those are all feel good be, stories, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like we were happy for a lot of people. It's kind of too bad that magic itself was so frenetic and sort of, just anxiety inducing this all year it seemed like we'll see what the next year brings you know (laughs) that's i think that's uh that's you know like kind of that's magic you have to just wait and see what happens hopefully the next year uh benefits your deck and uh and the skill the skill cap uh doesn't increase too much that that i can't play play properly you know (laughs) yeah well, do you have to hop off? Yeah, I think I think this is a good uh, the the feel good of the year kind of uh, situation is a great spot to end it. Uh, I I wanted to also thank all of our all of our patreons. You guys uh, really help us, uh, you know, keep keep this podcast alive. Uh, it's you know it's nice that we can occasionally put money forward to uh, get get uh, everybody out to tournaments and whatnot. And I think this year we're going to be doing a little traveling with some of that money as well. To get to uh, to and from events, uh, you know, we're uh, we also are thinking about sponsoring some events ourselves, and that money's going to go towards that. So uh, that that helps so much, guys, and I I really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the little joys we get when when you have it in your when we see it in our email that you have a new patron. So it's it's nice because you know that's probably the only thing we check the Eternal Girls email for, which is <laughs> kind of funny. But we we do try and be out there and accessible. I've been I've been doing some some work recently on um, trying to put together some no a no fetch legacy showcase. I talked to Zach and Phil about uh, the other day about just trying to see what we can do to sort of settle one of those um, age old questions about the format. What would happen if we didn't have fetches, making everything too easy? Another very controversial episode we did actually is the one with me and Phil where we talked about a world without fetches. Uh, a world that was it was with, with fetches, but they exiled, right? That, yeah, that was what it was. Yeah. Um, but um. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I don't know if we've uh, thanked Kevin Kiang 
uh, who who is one of our newest Patreons. Um, so I want to make sure that we get that in as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's it for us for this year. Uh, everyone have a great new year. Have a wonderful holiday. Uh, and uh, you know we'll uh, we'll we'll catch you on the flip. See you next decade. I got to have my dad joke. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> have a good night, everyone. Have a good one. Ever design year out of Wizards was 2019 with War of the Spark and Modern Horizons. Silly food tokens, Mystic Forge finally broke Mister's Workshop. The worst ever design year out of Wizards gave the static abilities on Planeswalker cards a one sided null rod, a free 8 8 legend, and a ley line. That got whacked in a brand new format. R&D sure believed in their hearts they were helping by pushing the characters in their story arcs so they stopped after like five minutes of testing Oko and moved on to the fake playtest cards. And even though Cyrus won a GP with Storm Red and Six somehow made Legacy worse. And this was how cards got sent to the bandless while you could still buy them in packs. When you punish your players for playing your game, don't expect them to thank you for give you. Worst ever design year out of Wizards. Didn't even get the fixes right. Ban true name. Ban true name tonight. Ban true name. Ban, ban. Grizzle Brand 2. 